and still do this. Welcome back. What? We are back. Oh, bienvenue. Oh, merci, merci. <laughs> you are back from Gay Paris. I yes, I am back. This is crazy. Last when y'all went out of town mm-hmm. to England and Spain. Yeah. Right before you guys went, you got sick. Oh yeah. So we couldn't record. And right before Aspen and I went to London and Paris, I got sick. Right. So we couldn't record. So once again it is it's been like over a it's been like a month. Yeah. Um cuz yeah, it was like right around Christmas was the last time we recorded and now it's almost February. Yeah, we don't mean to take this much time. No. It's just that sometimes life gets in life the happens. way. Life happens. The plague got me. Yeah. The plague. I lasted so long, Christy. Yeah, you did. You did, like almost three years. Yeah, and then on like January 2nd, it was like, welcome to 2023. Right. It almost feels, you know, I like to say that it's not so much that you want to die, like when you have COVID. Uh It's not so much that you feel like you're dying. It's more like you just want to be dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you just wish you weren't alive. There were two days where I was like, this is, and I know like I had it. Much easier than a lot of people, and especially, you know, in the like pre vaccine era. Right. There were two days where I was like, this is, uh, this is pure misery. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't imagine folks who had to be hospitalized. Yeah. And, and like, it it was, I I was able to at least just sort of lie on my couch. Right. And there's not really anything you can do. I mean, like, you can get the stuff that the doctor prescribes. Yeah. And it just makes you a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. But there's not a lot. No. You just kind of have to live through it. Yeah. And like my brain didn't work right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I And I would watch, I, I don't know why, like I could only watch action movies. Yeah. <laughs> Aspen just sort of slept and I could only watch action. Because I, I was like, I don't, I can't watch anything. I have to pay. Like you can't process things. Yeah. And um, so there's like a slew of action movies in my mind now that are one movie. Just like, <laughs> I don't know. Was that Bullet Train? Maybe. <laughs> Was that uh, Fast and the Furious 4? Possibly. There were like a few days there before I knew that I was positive um, that I would talk to my daughter and she was like, you're not making sense. Like, what did you just say? And I was like, I don't know. Weird. It's so weird. Yeah. And like my brain was just a fog. Yeah, me too. And I was so panicked because I was like, of course, like right before we're about to go on this trip that mm-hmm. we have planned forever and paid you know yeah money money for us yeah uh and like it worked out it timed out perfectly like we both tested negative a day or two before we had to leave and we were just like fuck it you know um yeah and then we went to london uh went to high clear castle yeah followed in your footsteps Mm -hmm. it was amazing and your life has changed right forever okay but here's the thing hey everybody we're terran tacos Tacos. i'm christy i'm michael and we talk about movies and europe and europe (laughs) and tacos but okay so this is really great because you actually spoke to lady fiona i did it was amazing so we went obviously in the winter Uh and um the winter tour of high clear for any of you who don't know that's where Downton Abbey is filmed Christy and I John and Aspen are super fans so we the tours are much smaller in winter Uh right because like I mean it's the off season so our tour was only 50 people Mm -hmm. and they broke us into groups of like 18 Um, and so we're standing in the main like entryway in the Abbey part in the Abbey part and Aspen and I are talking and she just whispers to me 
oh my God, she's behind you. And I told you my first thought was like, Lady Mary Lady Mary behind me? Oh my God. I was like, am I, am I going to meet Michelle Dockery? <laughs> then I was like, no, that's crazy. She probably lives in LA. Um, and it, it was, yeah, Lady Fiona. I mean, like the true Lady. Lady Canavan. Yeah, man. And she introduced the tour. Mm-hmm. She did a QA. and a I answered one of her questions correctly. correctly. She was shocked because an American got it right, which was like a theme while I was in London. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's so, I can't, it's just mind blowing, man. Yeah. It's been there over, like parts of the house yeah. have been there over a thousand over years. Over a thousand years. Yeah. Um, That's why, you know, when I told you about when we went and there was like some guy on oh. the tour behind us who was talking to the docent about so how. So American. Yeah. His house was over a hundred years old. You know, my house is over a hundred years oh, old. God, shut the fuck up. And the up. docent was like, really? Like you could tell she was over it. And I wanted to turn around and go, nobody cares yeah. about your fucking wraparound porch in yeah. at Wichita Falls. Like right. no nobody one cares. Fu- this house has been here over a thousand, a thousand years. years. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Up, yeah, and I, I think that's probably why she was surprised that mm-hmm. that on, as an American, I so knew. embarrassing. Oh God, not man. for you. I mean, for the guy. Behind yeah. Me. So yeah, it was incredible. London was awesome. Uh, Paris blew my fucking Something mind. Else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah, know. We were talking earlier about how you know London is a little bit more familiar because of yeah. language or whatever we share culture and language a little bit, yeah. right? And we watch their television like shows. Them. Yeah, we watch their television shows. They obviously watch our tele. Like right. there is absolute crossover. But when you get on the continent, it's yeah. a different, different story. It's like a you just. It's another way of living. It's another attitude towards life. It really is. And and like, I mean, we were talking a little bit, like the first thing that really struck me about Paris is that they have somehow, and I love this, like, guys, Paris is cool. Hot take. Um, <laughs> is that they have somehow managed to hang on to uh, centuries old architecture mm-hmm. and repurpose it right. um, so that, that, that like the Paris is not, it's not, there's there's not skyscraper like right. like even in obviously in London like right. I mean in London is fucking huge right like right. it's way bigger than Paris it's bigger than New York um, but there are big buildings absolutely I mean there's like what's the what's the shard the shard and the gherkin right the gherkin <laughs> and all of that and and in Paris just isn't that um, the only sort of tall buildings are these ancient fucking churches. Uh, cathedrals, yeah, the medieval cathedrals, and you know the 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 Eiffel Tower or whatever. But even that, that's you know, yeah, it's, it's just the, a different thing. Same, like same, and I mean, Madrid is more like it's more like Georgian. Like, in, it in looks period, like, yeah, in period, it looks like a like a beautiful, beautiful wedding cake. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but there are no skyscrapers in Zaragoza is um it's fucking roman yeah and, I, and and it's byzantine it's moorish like and they that's where people live that's i mean that's that's what's so crazy and and in paris and in london too where you're just like oh this is a roman wall like yeah. oh okay my wraparound porch is a hundred years old like i dude, got shutters on my windows yeah. i'm like they had oxford is is a right. thousand like, come on man yeah. is over a thousand jack the chipper dude is over a thousand yeah, years old we, we totally went to jack the chipper in your honor i know i had a delicious chicken sandwich uh-huh. um aspen got the fish and chips man uh also, like greatest uh, Indian food I've ever had. Oh my god! I, had I in told London. you. On um, uh, was it Brick Lane? On yeah, Brick Lane. Yeah, uh, we went twice. Uh, yeah. 
And you and I were talking about Spain and, and France. Every cup of coffee I had in France is the greatest cup of coffee I've ever had I'm sure. in my life. I'm sure. Um, I did see a place in London that I, if I had more time, I would have gone called Tortillas. Oh, God. And they advertised real authentic California tacos and burritos. Huh. And I was like, come on, y'all. I didn't see Tortillas. I saw... There was another one. I can't remember now what it was called, but it was like real flash Tex-Mex or something ah. like that. And I was like, what's flash? What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, yeah. I don't even know. Tortillas was like. I wasn't going to go. No. And I was not. Either. Also, I was like, I don't want to. I can get awesome tacos at home. I right. want to eat like London pub food. Right. And, and exactly. Indian food and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was like, I saw it on the ride from Shoreditch to Paddington. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, trip was awesome. As I said to you earlier, I no longer give a shit about anything. <laughs> like my only focus is getting- How do we get back? How do we get back? Yeah. Um, there was a place in Saragossa that I saw that like in some kind of like 15th century building mm-hmm. and it was a Taco Bell. Oh my it was like God, the that's best amazing. Oh, looking, you sent that photo yeah, to me. It was like the best looking Taco Bell in the world in like just some like- uh, oh, old ass building that's fucking insane yeah um yeah i was a i was amused when you get out of the train station uh like where where you get out if you take the train from london to paris when you get out it's like i'm in paris and if you look just like off to your right there's a kentucky fried chicken That's so And I was weird. like, of all the fast food, like there's McDonald's is everywhere. Sure. I, and even Burger King is kind of everywhere. But I was like, of all the fast food to make its way to Paris, I, I just thought that was really funny for some reason. Oh, you go in there and they're like serving coca yeah. Alors, <laughs> Would you like original recipe or extra crispy? That's terrible. Sorry. Uh, um, you know what, Michael? What? I am so happy to see Incest Chud getting so much work. Oh, my God. Incest Chud. It, whoever Incest Chud's agent is, is really is getting really it doing done. The work. <laughs> is really getting it done. Hey, friends. Today, we're going to talk about a movie that's, I don't know, it's hitting it. People are liking oh, yeah. it. Um, except by me and Michael. It's, it's like, bar- it's like, just like Barbarian yeah. for us. We're back. Um Smile. 2022 Smile. Right. I mean, I have so many thoughts about I, this movie. And I here's the thing is I don't want to be a dick. Like, I'm like, am, are you being a dick? But I don't think I am. I just like, I, re- I really want to name this episode, How Can I Make My Baby Nephew's Birthday Party All About Me? <laughs> that's, that's what I would like to name this episode. So, okay, so I'm going to make a statement. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, here's another spoiler, and I do think it's important, is like there, there, is, there is suicide in this movie. You know? Yes, there I mean, is, it's, a, it's it, actually a huge it's part a huge of this film. It's a huge part of this film. Michael and I do not think suicide is funny. It is not no, funny. not at all. That, and that's part of why this movie kind of like gets on my nerves yeah, a little bit. I, because I, I feel that this movie takes an issue, uses the issue of suicide for its own purposes uh-huh. and never actually addresses suicide. Correct. I absolutely agree with you. And um, and 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 it can't you can't talk about the movie. I mean it literally is the central 
yeah. action of the film. I right. mean, it, it revolves around yeah. a series of suicides. And like, okay, so I'm going to say this. So unlike, say, The Shining uh-huh. or Session 9. Sure. You know, Session 9. Um, where you can argue that the characters in these movies are going through a mental breakdown uh-huh. or not. Right. Like you can, the, the, the filmmakers do not answer those questions, that question for you. Right. You are left at the end of the movie going, was it a mental breakdown or was it something else? Does something really exist in right. this place? Which to me is far scarier mm-hmm. than the hit you over the head metaphor of this movie is about mental health. Yeah. And a thing called generational trauma. Yes. I, I mean, I literally, the first note I have is what happens when a metaphor becomes super literal? <laughs> like, right. I mean, I, it, it's like, it ceases to be metaphor in this movie. It, right. it is just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, the, and it doesn't seem to, um, well, it doesn't follow my first rule, which is, was I scared? Yes, correct. Um, And that's not to say, okay, that's not to say that it's not filmed well. It's shot beautifully. I am a little bit tired of the upside down drone shot. Okay, I get it. Things are upside down. I'm like, this is 10 years ago when I saw that shot. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And now it's just like every fucking movie. Every fucking movie that has something to say about things not being. Right. We're going to flip the drone, man. We're going to flip the drone and so that the audience knows that. Yeah. They're in another upside down, down world. world. Yeah. Uh, like, I get it. Okay. So let's, so smile 2022 directed by Parker Finn, I mm-hmm. believe is his name. Not Parker Gray. Not Parker Gray. Um, starring Sosie Bacon. Yes. Who is the daughter of Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Congratulations, Sosie. She looks exactly like her dad. It's uh, uncanny. uncanny. And um, I follow him. He's an incredible follow. Oh yeah. And uh, they... He, she will often get him to do like TikTok dances just on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He's still got it. Yo, oh, I know. I'm like, yeah. I Foot, know. Footloose is in his soul. Yeah, man. Footloose is in his soul. But they do, they look shockingly. Yeah. You know, I, um, it's, it's, and I, I, she's great. She, she was, she's a, she's a good actor. She was on Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched. Oh, yeah, of course I did. Uh, I, th- she played the like heroin addict mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. Um, of the little kid. She, I, she's great. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody loves to talk about hashtag Nepo babies now, which, you know. Whatever. I like, mean, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it, for, okay, little lesson. Back in the day, uh-huh. in ancient times, when people were acting companies and acting troops, you actually became an actor by becoming an apprentice. Yeah. You apprenticed. And most of the time you apprenticed under your family. Yeah. Because that was your family business. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. It's it's great for them. Maybe it's unfair. I don't know. I don't know if I would use the word unfair, but your mom's a good actress. Your dad's a good actor. What are you going to do? Purposely go become an accountant right. so that nobody thinks you're a Nepo baby? Also, let's be honest. I mean, if I love that we're just already talking about this. Uh, th- there... Th- there is a good chance mm-hmm. if you have two parents who are Hollywood stars that genetically you will look like a Hollywood star. Right. And we can all pretend that that doesn't matter, but 
in Hollywood, it fucking does. It really does and matter. And so if you look like Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon, and she's also very talented. I yeah. want to get that out of the way. Like, Ceci Bacon's a very good actor. She also looks like someone who can be the lead in a fucking movie. Right. And not everybody looks like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was watching football the other night, because that's what I do, and someone was talking about this guy named Christian McCaffrey, who's like one of the best players in the league. And someone was like, yeah, well, his father played football. He had an, you know, he had an easier in. And the other guy was like, yeah, because he's genetically inclined to be an awesome fucking athlete. Right. Like, I'm sorry, man. I wish I looked like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, I just, what do, what do people, what do people want? I don't know. This I, movie. Okay. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Smile. Smile. It's, I, can we classify it? <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to be a little bit toxic. I'm mm-hmm. going to be a little bit of a toxic Gen Xer. Man. Um, can we classify this as like millennial horror? Yes, I, absolutely. And I think that's a great place to start because we are like we didn't get to talk about this that much. Yeah. Because you watched this while I was on my trip, mm-hmm. and I was I think I was I was in France, but I was seven hours ahead of you, right? And so we had a very sort of short window where we were both awake and functional. Um, and, and, and we were texting and it's like, we have often said like, look, horror usually reflects the culture of its time. Right. right? And we can all say that boomers still run the world, Mm -hmm. which sadly they do. Right. But culturally speaking, millennials run the world. So, um, and so we are now in the era of millennial horror. And I wonder if like years from now, like years from now, if we are, if the world is even still here, uh, climate change, um, if people will look back on this era uh-huh. of movies, this decade, you know, and go like, oh, that's real. That's millennial. Yes. That's millennial. I heart. think so. And I, I look, look, the director is 35 years old, like, mm-hmm. which great. Congratulations. Um, I said in my mind, based on this and other horror that you could qualify, I mm-hmm. think in that subgenre that we're talking about, or just, I don't know. If we just made up, um, it is the most solipsistic, uh, navel gazing horror I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, uh, she, she, she doesn't, I don't know if she has anything bigger to fight. For. She doesn't have anything outside of herself. No. To fight for. Right. You know, and I, I wonder if it was purposeful. It had to be like, I know that they made the, the sister older than slightly older than her. Uh-huh. Like the sister's clearly like younger Gen X yes. or something like that. Because she says, I was older. I left the house. You were still little. Right. I'm sorry that I left. And the sister's dealing with their trauma uh-huh. in the way that she can deal with it. Right. Which is to focus on her family. Yeah. And it and live her life. And live her life. And it may be a little materialistic. Mm-hmm. It may be focused a little bit on, you know, PTA mom and whatever, whatever. But hey, man, she's just trying. Yeah, she's just trying. So, okay, we should probably set Yeah. So, Sosie Bacon plays a therapist. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Cotter. Yes, Rose Cotter. Rose Cotter. Um, at, a, at a hospital. Yeah, and I think it's like, it's a, it's a, like a municipal hospital. It's, it's, yes. it's not a private hospital. So, it's like a city or county hospital. Yes, and she is hyper dedicated. Right, she, 80 hour yeah, weeks. Doesn't often seems to not go home. Mm-hmm. And the way this movie kicks off, and I will say this, I really liked the pre-credit sequence. Oh, yeah. Um, She is meeting with a young woman. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing we see, though, before even... The first thing we see is a shot of 
of her mom. Oh, correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Generational trauma. Right. It's generational trauma. (laughs) The first thing we see is a shot of her mother lying on the bed. Yes. And the camera pans to reveal Sosie Bacon uh, or or Dr. Rose Cotter as a child. Yes. And then then it's a nightmare. She wakes up and she's sitting in her desk. That's right. And then she goes to meet. Yeah. And her mother is in that vision is 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 dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she, so she meets with this patient who is having a manic episode. Yeah. Has just been brought in. And the only thing they know about her is that she doesn't, she doesn't have a history of, of mental health issues. Right. She's a student. The only thing they know is that about five days ago, uh-huh. she was witness to someone, her, her art history professor. Right. Which will come in handy later on. Yes. Isn't it convenient it's, that he taught art I'm history? I'm so glad he taught art history. Anyway, um, she witnessed her art history professor, Professor Munoz, um, commit suicide. Yes. Bludgeon himself with a hammer. Yeah. Um, and she now believes there is an entity. Mm-hmm. Um, th- after her. After her that can take any form. That was weird to me. Like, okay, keep going. Uh, well, yeah, and that it, that it smiles. That it smiles. Um, and I was like, okay. Yeah, so my first thought in hearing that, and basically she thinks she's going to die, right? right? This this entity that can take any form, but it smiles, is is making her believe that her time is running out. And so my first thought was like, okay, so we have very much a it will follow situation. It right. follows situation, sorry. Like it follows slash the ring. Absolutely. We have a ticking time, you know, a, a, a stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a clock. A clock. You know. <laughs> That's a word that people <laughs> use. Good God. Um, so we have that, which we have in the ring. And then in it follows, that thing can kind of move from person to person. Right. right? It's done through sex and it follows. Which hashtag and the hashtag side note way better movie oh yeah <laughs> like T- way better movie terrifying uh, and then this young lady kills herself right yeah I mean and the, but okay here's my first beef before we go on it doesn't seem to have rules like she says she says it can take any form yeah and it smiles sometimes it's an entity uh huh sometimes it can be my grandfather sure or this person or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but how? And why? Why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So that happens. She kills herself in front of Rose Baker. Yeah. Rose Cotter. And I did think that scene, I thought that young actor, she's young, right? Yeah. I can say that. I thought she was great. Yeah. Um, That's a tough role, man. Yeah, man. Come in fucking manic as hell and kill yourself. Right. I mean, and here's the thing. Like the movie's not poorly acted. No. No, everybody's, everybody's everybody's great. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, who plays the doctor? Doctor Desai. Dude, Cal Penn. Cal Penn is in it. Under he's, underused. He's underused. Man. I, he is great, but like underused. Totally. And, and so he's he sort of made his name as a comedian, mm-hmm. as a, as a comic actor. But like, dude has range. Yeah. I wish he had been in it more. Yeah. To be honest. Um. So speaking of Cal Penn, like, so she witnesses Sosie Bacon, Doctor Rose Cotter witnesses this young woman kill herself mm-hmm. brutally. It's yeah. Fuck. 
crazy scene. And I was like, okay, shit. And Aspen was like, all right, this is fucked up. Cal Pan is her boss. And he's like, dude, when's the last time you went home? Like what you're right. You're you're on the edge. Yeah. And she sort of it seems like she believes she can save. She's the save savior. The world. Yes. Right. She she is the savior of everybody who has mental health issues. Yes. Because she has not dealt with, with her, her own mental health sure, issues. Sure, yes. Because uh, her mother. Right. Yeah. Um, what we will soon learn uh-huh. is that the young lady who killed herself was right. Yeah. Um, and now. She, she gets put on forced leave. Yes. For five days. Five days. Um. And now Rose is on the clock, right? right? And weird shit starts. Yeah, she starts happening. to see weird shit. She goes home. She lives in a really nice house with her fiance, who yes. is I don't remember what the fiance is, but he makes money. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor. is his character. Jesse um, Usher is. She the breaks actor. a lot of glasses. So many glasses. <laughs> she breaks I'm like, so girl, many. I was like, come on, come on. Maybe switch to uh, a tumbler. Uh, yeah, come with some, something with some some heft. Yeah. Yeah, do it there. You know, you can use a plastic tumbler for your wine, right? Um, you know, there are a few shots in that moment when she goes home that are like she thinks she starts to see things. Um, she drops the glass. Trevor comes in and takes care of her. Fucking Trevor. Fucking Trevor. And you know, then we learn that they have a lunch or a dinner. They have dinner with her sister, yeah, and brother-in-law, and they go to dinner and. The, the sister and the brother-in-law are just made out as like, you know, kind of like suburban mom and dad materialistic yeah. caricatures. Right. Yes. They were the only ones to me in the movie that were written like like caricatures. Yes. Like they're from, her sister is from a different, is in a different movie, at least in that first scene. Right. And you know, like she's not a bitch for being mad that you forgot your nephew's birthday was coming up. Right. Like- I, look, I mean, I'm not a great uncle. I forget birthdays. But like, she, you know, she's like, dude, are I've you, to- are, I've, I've told you. I told like, you several times. We're having a party for your yeah. only nephew. It's not a, it's not a huge ask. Right. Right? Yeah. To be like, hey, could you come to your nephew's birthday party? Right. And she. And she says, I'm working. Right. And the sister says, it's a Saturday. Why are you working on yeah. Saturday? And the whole thing, she's very dedicated. Right. And Basically, you know, she like, doesn't do it for money. Right. I'm better than you. I'm better than you um, because I don't do it for money. Right. And you're like, okay, but she's... But also, she's overworked. Clearly. Right. I mean, Aspen at one point just goes, man, she's a fucking terrible therapist. She... <laughs> She is. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. Like any, yeah, man, like any therapist. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, she's a terrible she's therapist. She's a terrible therapist. And a shitty sister. And a shitty sister. <laughs> and so she, she, bad they're like, fiance. she, she like, she, yes, millennial she, horror. Trevor, man, he's just trying, he's like, he, Trevor can't do anything right. What did he actually do to make her upset? Like, I still am trying to understand what did Trevor do? And listen, I, I don't know if y'all can tell, I am really trying to hold on to my real feelings about this movie so that I don't sound like, uh, like I'm just bitter and angry. That we're just angry old people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really trying to understand. And I even, I turned it on this morning again to say, okay, I'm going to try and look at it. Yeah through another lens because I don't want to be a dick about it because mental health is important. Absolutely. It is very, very important. But, but this... Th- but oh. this just like... This movie just seems like everything outside of me 
is not as important as the thing that I am going through. Of course. Yes. Yes. And okay. So I know we're jumping around. That's what we do. We're back. Yeah. We're uh, back. So she has an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's a cop? Who is a, yeah, detective. Uh, where, where, I can't find his name off the, oh, uh, Joel. Yeah. Is his Detective Joel. Kyle Gallner is his name. I know him from, he, I was a teenager on Veronica Mars. He was really mm-hmm. a good kid actor. Now he's a grown man. Yeah, you um, can tell by his mustache. Yes, which they were like, ah, we got to make this kid we look older. I know he's in his 30s, but we got to give him a stash. Right. Uh, he's a detective. They clearly shit did not, like, they it, didn't yeah, part well. It, they did not part well. I love the scene where, like, because they're the ones who come to investigate the, the, death. the death of the girl at the beginning of right, the movie. Right, And his partner is older. Yeah. He's like our age or a little bit older. And he's the asshole. Of course. Yeah. He's the one that's like, but she's nuts, right? And yeah. she's very, very self-righteous. He's like, excuse me, right. nuts. Yeah. We use the wrong I'm words. Like, I get it. Yeah. We use, we get it. Yeah. I, cool. get, I get it. I get it. You are better than all of us. Yeah. You, you solved it. I just didn't like her, Michael. She's extremely unlikable. Yeah. Which is shocking because. Because Sosie Bacon is likable. very likable. Um, no, I mean, she's... But but, but no, I don't think she's supposed to be unlikable, but she is. Yeah, I don't think she's supposed to be no. unlikable. She's like just insanely selfish. Yeah. Like. So then, okay, so things happen. Okay, we're jumping around. Yeah, but but the him being a detective is very important. It's very important. Because he is able to... Pull information. Yes, and, and we, we get this, which I will say is sort of the it follows line. The the young woman killed herself. She saw her professor kill himself. Days before, the professor saw someone else, someone kill, else kill themselves. And this line goes back. Right. And so we get the idea that somehow this entity, mm-hmm. this smile. Smile entity. Is if you witness trauma, if but you, specifically suicide. But specifically suicide, then you are going to carry it with you. Yes. And you're going to kill yourself unless we learn later, you either kill yourself or you hurt someone else. Yes. That's the only way to be rid of it. D- yes. Is to murder someone. And so- Yes, Spoiler. because someone got away got away from it by murdering someone in front of someone else. Right. Um, what you and I talked about when we were texting across the world <laughs> um, was the other option to rid the world of this of thing, this thing is to kill yourself alone, alone, so that no one sees it and right. you can't pass it on. Right. Which is the right choice. Which is the... Uh, in the movie. In, in the, the movie, movie. In the movie. In the movie. In the movie, that is the right choice. If you really want to save everybody in your life, in the movie. In the movie. In the movie. In the movie. Yes. The, the, the practical thing, the thing that the hero would do. Yes. Or the anti-hero or whatever is go... Is, oh. Is, oh, I am going to... Go into a room, make sure nobody's there, and I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, and then it's, this, and I will rid the world yeah, of this thing. It's basically like Kurt Russell and David Keith in the, the end thing, of the right? thing. Yeah, and like, so one, so a problem I had almost immediately when that was like, oh, the the thing they do in the ring um, that makes sense is Naomi Watts is willing Naomi Watts's character is willing to do bad things to other basically inflict pain on other people keep this thing going is to save her son right that's it yeah 
Because if she's gone, he's her, her yes. son's alone. Sosie Bacon's character doesn't have that. And yeah. this is like this comes up a lot. We're like, this is why you give people children in horror movies. Right. Or or something. Something. Because like there's nothing like, like she you, could end this. Right. She, and she yeah. chooses not to. Right. Like even even <clears throat> Ripley. Like even Ripley who's alone out there yeah. for a little bit has something outside of herself. Yeah, I mean, that's why Newt is in Aliens. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this doesn't... And it's... Uh, the kid is the... A, a child is the easy uh, is the easiest thing, right? right? Um, it could be something else. But it's like, if this woman was as noble as we are led to believe, or that as she has told us, this is a simple solution. Yeah. Her solution instead is that she's going to maybe go murder some poor manic depressive guy yeah, in, the, in hospital. the hospital like she actually it doesn't happen but she actually thinks that like she fantasizes about it and then there's like i don't know it was just like really hit me over the head with the metaphor of like you need to get help of course you need to get help of course get help yes. this is this is why i warned everybody because we're going to talk about this movie in certain terms of storytelling of story right not actual and this is why i think it's dangerous not life Be- not life because it gets mixed up yeah if you start talking about this movie as like, oh my God, it's so boring, then somebody, of course, is going to come up and accuse us of like, you just don't think that suicide is important. No, I think it's a very important issue. And the way that you they used it in this movie, I think is irresponsible. I agree. I absolutely agree. I also think it, it paints it paints it as a selfish act. It paints it as it, yeah. there's no nuance to it. Also, and this is separate. Like, yeah. This is a separate thing. It also, this is, I guess, if you go back man, millennials are going to be, I'm sorry. I know. I mean, most of our friends, a lot of our friends are millennials. I know. Um, but they're older. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the, Nothing is anybody's as ever anybody's responsibility. It's and and it's always your mom's fault. Right. And like I'm 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 tired. I'm tired of that. Yeah. Look, man, I I get it. Our I'm not saying gender. Yeah, I get it. And you know what? If you have kids, you'll fuck up your kids too. No yeah. matter how hard you try or what you think you know that your mom didn't, you'll my, fuck up too. My mother gave me this advice when I turned when I was a young mom and I was worried that my son was going to swallow a nickel. <laughs> like that's literally what I was worried about. God damn it, Dante. God damn Don't it, swallow Dante. a nickel. And she, I was freaking out and she stopped me and she said, Hey, shut up. Because she is like of the greatest generation. And she said, um, you only, you can only do what you think is right in that moment, because no matter what you do, they're going to grow up and blame you for fucking up their life anyway. Uh, of course. Yeah. I, and, and, I, and I like, I'm not, I'm not saying that there there's, there's being fucked up by your parents and there is being fucked up by your parents. Right. And I'm not saying that there's no nuance or differences to those things, sure. but just like you mentioned, a little while ago, suicide, it, it does paint suicide as a selfish act. Yeah. And and there's no nuance in it. There's no, like, it's way more complicated than. Yeah. I I think every, that, yes. I, yeah. That's it. Right. Everything this movie thinks it's saying is actually should, is far more complicated than the way it treats it. Right. Um, and it also becomes, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's not, it's, I think you said this earlier. It's like, 
nothing beyond herself has importance. And I don't think it's a comment on that. No. I think it is supporting that I think point it's, of view. I think it's supporting that point of view. She goes, so, okay, there's one scene which in this context and in the context of storytelling made no sense to me and fucking enraged me. She goes to see the wife of the professor. Who, kill, who, kill who, himself. who killed himself. Yes, in, in front of the first girl. Yeah, okay. so she knocks on the door and she says, hello, Mrs. Munoz. And she tells the lady, I'm a reporter. Yeah. I'm writing a story on what happened to your husband. Right. And the woman like lets her in, which is really weird to yes. me. And then the woman gets mad when she finds out that she's not a reporter. Right. That she's fucking lying to her. That she's lying to her. When she had a good reason all along to say, hey, I am a mental health professional. Yeah. I witnessed the young woman who witnessed your husband yeah. kill himself. I'm trying to learn more about what is happening so that we can prevent it. Right. Right. Like to me. That's way that, better. That is a way more legitimate way to approach the yeah. wife of the guy who just killed himself instead of fucking lying, lying. and yeah. saying, I'm a reporter writing a movie, I mean, a report. And then the lady gets mad because she's not a reporter, which is like, so what? It just did, it, it, it yeah. made no it's sense It's a strange scene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so all this is going on. Oh man. And she's losing it, right? Yeah. Like she kills her cat and gives her cat, her dead cat, wraps her yeah. dead cat. So her sister's like, if you do want to come to the party, he really likes trains. Yes. So there's a scene where she goes to buy a train. We see her buy a train. She's trying. She goes. So she goes to the kids party. This was, this is, I think when I texted And the cat you, has been missing. Right. The cat's been missing. Mustache has been missing. Yeah. Good name for a cat. Yeah. Played by Drew Wall. Um, and I, I texted you, is this movie supposed to be funny? Right. Is this movie supposed to be funny? But anyway, so she goes to the party, everybody's having a good time. And it's like a typical little kid party and it's time for him to open his aunt's present and he opens it and the kid pulls out a dead cat, which the CGI on that was terrible. Yes. I'm just going to say it was a terrible CGI. Dead mustache did not look. Dead mustache (laughs) did not look like real real at all. (laughs) So I was like, whatever. She fucking loses Make it. Make a prop. Just build, yeah, just you have build the money. a prop. Build a prop. Yeah. You have the money. They had money. Yeah, clearly. You have money. Make a fucking cat prop. Yeah. Come on. It's not difficult. No. Anyway, she loses it because, of course, she oh, freaks out. Yeah, dude. That <laughs> there's the mustache is dead and in the box. And, and there are these little children. The children are traumatized. Yeah. There you go. They're traumatized by Generational it. trauma. Generational trauma. Dead mustache. Dead mustache. Uh, which then we get hit over the head a little bit later by that same thing. Yes. When he witnesses her through the window having a hissy fit in her car and the camera slowly pans to Jackson watching her through the window. Yeah. Generational trauma. Generational trauma. And then she falls backwards during the party <laughs> on the coffee table, so shattering ridiculous. the coffee table, and then just like lets out a uh, barbaric yawp. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and that's the point where I went, is this a funny movie? Yeah. Was, am I in a comedy? Like, do- Yeah. It's so over the top. She's it's so over the top. So ridiculous. In that scene. Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. And not in like a cool way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't- I don't know. Yeah, I, stylistically, I, unlike any other scene in the like movie. Like any other scene in the movie. I feel like I would have been like, oh shit, something is wrong with me. Let me walk into the other room. Please call an ambulance so I can go to the hospital. Yes. Instead of screaming at everybody, falling backwards on the glass, glass table, table 
and then yelling and then yelling. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It was, it's so absurd. Absurd. And so like. So then it just, it just keeps snowballs. unraveling. It yeah. It keeps unraveling. And she starts seeing, you know, her own therapist takes on the form of the smile monster. Mm-hmm. Her fiance, like, you know, she's, he's out there. The smile monster. But is I out didn't there. understand the rules of the smile <laughs> yeah. monster. Well, I mean, and then, and then the rules get completely upended when Chud enters. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. So, if, so, okay, we go through the movie. Uh-huh. And she's, she, with the help of her detective ex-boyfriend, who mm-hmm. clearly still loves her, is, is, you know, piecing this all together, mm-hmm. right? Um, she decides instead of making the clear rational choice that the way to defeat the smile beast entity is to go back to her childhood home where she witnessed her mother's suicide. Right. And and we learn a very important tidbit, right? We learn that the mother had asked her for help. Yes. And she was 10 years old. And she couldn't give it. And she couldn't give it. And the mother died and she has carried this guilt Guilt. her whole life. And her sister had had left. Yeah. Her older sister, which she obviously still resents, which I get. I get. Um, But she's like, I'm going to go back to my childhood home. I'm going to face it and then burn the house down. Yeah, I guess. And that's going to, that's going to do it. But when she gets there we now see the smile entity in its true form which looks just like incest which looks just like incest chud and so this brings up another huge issue i have with this movie and i was trying so i was trying to think there's like this very famous hp lovecraft quote that i tracked down i couldn't remember it i remembered kind of it you know i remembered the gist of the it the gist yeah. of it so his quote and it's not like hp lovecraft is the person who came up with this but this is his quote that horror writers sort of lean on a lot and it is the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown and so a lot of horror writers especially novelists will lean on that to not show the monster right, right. like mary shelley did this in Years before Lovecraft in Frankenstein, right? She barely describes the monster in Frankenstein. I know that's more difficult to do in a visual medium like film, but there's something way scarier about that girl smiling Mm -hmm. than fucking incest chud. Right. And so once you reveal the monster, there's nothing left. There's nothing. It's so not scary. And then they give it that voice where it talks like this. And then it peels off its face and climbs into her mouth. Um, but I think, I think a lot of movies are successful. I mean, like I'm going to go back to session nine, session nine. You never, you never see the monster. No, no. Um, um, house of the devil. You get a glimpse Glimpse. of it at the very end. Yeah. Innkeepers. You never never see see the monster. Yeah. You get a glimpse of, and even in something like the shining, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, whatever is in that hotel or all of the things that are in that hotel, it's just manifested in Jack. Right. So, you know, that again, to me is way scarier than incest. It has rules. Yes. (laughs) And like, there are very few things you can show at that point that are going to be actually scary. I mean, even if like you go back to that one, the 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 cut of The Exorcist that uses just the flash of Captain Howdy, Captain Howdy, that fucking works yeah. because it's like boom, it's just it's almost subliminal. Yeah, 
The monster in that, again, manifests in Reagan. We don't have Pazuzu in fucking CGI form going right. like, I'm going to possess you. Right, right. Like, or like the omen where it's like you just see a dog. Yeah, yes. Or a British nanny. Or a British nanny. Two terrifying, terrifying things. Two terrifying um, things. And so, and, and it's funny because like a, a Lovecraft quote, and I know people, whatever, you think about Lovecraft, like he wrote about writing a lot. Right. And so he has another quote that sort of is connected you to know, that. You know, Michael, he is Providence. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> his his uh, tombstone says, I am Providence. That's so fucking anyway, insane. Sorry, I thought that was crazy. Like, what a baller metal yeah. move. We got to come up with some cool shit. I am Providence? I am fucking Providence. hell. Yeah. He's um, buried in Providence, Rhode Island. Sure, but that's badass. Yeah. Uh, he also says ex- another quote of his that's pretty famous is, and I'm sure like this is also like a Lynch quote is just explain nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's a okay. We got off topic, but it's funny because my my daughter sent me a meme, and it's David Lynch sitting in a talk show, I guess, and he says, "Believe it or not, Eraserhead is my most spiritual film." Sure, great. And the host says, "Can you expound on that?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> man yeah what's it about doesn't matter it doesn't matter um and i think this falls into that so uh, separate from all the other problems we have when they reveal the monster it's so stupid i was talking to a friend of the show drew wall yeah and drew was like oh man i loved smile and i was like really why he's like oh i just love movies with big dumb monsters in them and i was like that's it that's it that's it like all of this leads to a big dumb, dumb monster, monster which was my problem with barbarian yeah um among other things and and is my problem here like there is nothing scary at all it's comical yeah it's, it's so comical. weird like even when you get a close-up of of the monster's face as as the mom like disguised as the crazy incest chud mom I was like, she kind of looks like Marilyn Manson in the yes. early days. Yes. Which is not scary. No. It, it like, it's just, it almost, it rarely fucking works, man. Yeah. God damn. Like, it just rarely and works. And like, just the whole thing of like, are they, so is it called Smile? Because, because it's like, you know, the, the thing is like, smile. Like, you should, have, yes. just, you should smile. And everything, you know. Mar- I think so. March Simpson has a really great line to Lisa in an episode where she goes, just smile, push it down and hide it with a smile. You know? Yeah. Um, So is that, is that what the thing is? I think so. Yes. Right. Like, oh, we hide this generational trauma. Generational trauma. um, By putting on a, on a, on a smile. Right. And listen, I'm not making fun of generational trauma. No. Maybe just a little bit. A little bit. But like, yeah, we get it. Shit happens in your family that stays with you. Sure. Right. But the, the idea of generational trauma is that when somebody like generations before you, right, experienced trauma, that they were genetically altered, that their genes have been genetically altered. Right. Um, and so that now is passed down so that generations ago, if your grandfather or grandmother experienced scurvy on the ship coming over to America or sure. whatever, yeah. that you have trauma from that right you got scurvy trauma you got scurvy <laughs> trauma and i'm like I, i'm not a scientist, michael <laughs> so i don't know enough about genetics to say right right you know that doesn't sound right to me i believe in science sure so if like there's a study that says that trauma alters you genetically that 
kind of make, I mean, it makes sense to me because that is kind of how evolution would happen, right? So it's like a species evolves to deal with certain stresses. Right. And how else can that species evolve unless genetically it becomes modified, right? right? So I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. But also evolution takes millions of years. Sure. Like it doesn't really work. Right. In two generations, right? Like, do, you know, do you know what yeah, I mean? I think all that's all I know about genetics is if your parents are Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick, you you look like Sosie Bacon. You look like Sosie Bacon. That's all I got. That's all I know. I'm sorry, I got off on like a tangent. No, but I mean, it it that's I think where says like the implication of the movie, like so that's my problem is so her. So the implication of the movie, to me, to me, the way the movie comes off is because of that, because of what you just said, this belief, right? Mm -hmm. That it is passed down genetically, right? That it's not just mental, that, yeah. it, that, it's, that it's genetic. <gasps> is that, then there's, not, then there's, there's nothing you can do? There's nothing you can oh do. Oh my God. So does that mean that medieval people were right when they didn't want to marry anybody who had a family member who had committed suicide? That's... Do you are, are we talk are we saying that Victorian values yes. are correct? That's what I and that the Victorians and that medieval people were right to shun, shun people, people who had suicide in their family. That is honestly how this movie comes off to me, and I don't think that's what it's tr maybe not trying to say, but that's how it comes off. Like, yeah. and also another thing that it it almost in the uh, there's nothing you can do which look man cool yeah. i love nihilism as much as anybody but this almost becomes nothing is my fault and that drives me crazy right and that goes back to what i think we were talking about at the beginning the sort of like solipsism of of some of this quote millennial horror is like nothing is my fault everything was done everything to me. was done to me it is the fault of the generation and at, before like, what point do you take some fucking responsibility for fucking anything yeah um and she never does she never to does the point where she doesn't do the thing she can do to rid the world of this horror right in the movie in the movie in the movie um yeah man i thought this was like a movie to me that opened with like some potential and had some talented people and just was like just went downhill the entire yeah. fucking way. Yeah. And the and the most important thing to me was it wasn't scary. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And and it could have been. Yeah. Um and then I there think there were scary shots. Sure. I mean, I think there's something absolutely terrifying about it follows. And so I have no problem I have no problem with using it follows and the ring as models. Mm -hmm. Look, man, a lot of like a lot I of have, I have no problem with using mental health as a, 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 a metaphor. metaphor, but keep it as a metaphor. Yeah, this just becomes so it's, it's like so over the head. It is. It is the equivalent of like feminism as metaphor in the Black Christmas remake. Not in right. the original. In the Black Christmas remake, where it's like this isn't even metaphor anymore. Right. You're just beating me you're just bludgeoning me uh-huh um so yeah it's funny man i read i read a uh an article that was like um you know 2022 is one of the best years in horror for in a long time and it mentioned smile and barbarian uh and i'm like well man maybe maybe i am just i'm just too old maybe we're old yeah and like uh you know every a lot of people love barbarian um this movie's done well i, I 
This movie to me though is like way more egregious than Barbarian. Yeah, I think I agree. Bar- I agree because there are things about Barbarian that I have gone back and I go, oh okay, yeah, maybe I need to take a second look and it, at it's, that. It's funny. Two of my friends, uh, Brent and Shy, who you mm-hmm. know, they they watched it the other night. And they were texting me during uh-huh. it because, you know, everybody yeah. texts us when they watch movies. And, like, it was funny because Shy, she was like, what the fuck is happening? What is this movie? And all Brett kept saying was, like, this fucking rules. And there is sort of, like, a fun mess right. of Barbarian that maybe I was too harsh about. Right. Um, I don't feel that way about this. This no. movie isn't fun. I think, like you said, there's something, I, I honestly think, insidious about this there movie. Is some, I think there's something insidious about it. I think... Yeah. Speaking of Insidious, that's a good movie. Fuck yeah, it is. Y'all just go watch <laughs> Let's Insidious. Just go watch Insidious. Insidious 2. It's my advice to you. Go to Europe. <laughs> watch Insidious. That's and all watch I've Insidious. got. That's all I've got. Well, here's the thing. is that, Yeah, I've read some of those articles too where it's like 2022, great horror movies, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, there are a few horror movies coming out like very recently that are super low budget. Uh-huh. And where people are like, fuck the studio. Yeah. We're just going to make this movie on $15,000. Like Skinamarink? Skinamarink, which yeah. I haven't seen. Me but neither. I'm we curious yeah, well, me too. about it uh, because everybody's loving it. This guy who just was like, I'm going back to my childhood home and I'm going to make a scary movie. Yeah. And there's another movie that our friend Holden um, told me about the other day. Um, and oh, now I can't remember the name of it, but it's these... Um, a group of like four girlfriends who lock themselves in a cabin in the woods and they are haunted by the spirits of their ex-boyfriends or something like that. But it's like super low budget Four people. They made the movie for, I don't know how much. And it's, yeah. All these, these people who are going like screw Hollywood. Yeah. Screw Bloomhouse. Yeah, who man? And what's oh man, you become the thing you mock, right? Yeah. And like cause like Blumhouse started as as, yeah. as that. Um I mean God, one of the first movies he produced was Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Which was a middle finger too. Yeah. Um yeah, I now I mean there's and like look, we also the pale blue eye, which is not that at all, which right. is a huge budget. Um, I loved it. I Yeah. And it's like, we should talk about that. Is that a horror movie? We could talk about we it can, in terms of yeah, horror. We yeah. could talk about, I mean, I think that anything that, that, that is, that provides dread or horror or makes you feel a certain way when you're yeah. watching it, it can be classified as horror. So now here's another article I read some, and I posted it, some person who was like, I'm about to post a con- unpopular opinion. Yeah, great. Um, Please fill us I in. I don't think The Witch is a horror movie. Okay. And, you know, and she goes on to say why she didn't think The Witch was a horror movie and how she didn't, uh, anyway, that she didn't experience any, it had no joy in it. And I was like, sure it did. It had Anya Taylor joy. Yes. Anyway, uh, it didn't have joy. Like she didn't, whatever. And, yeah, and Aspen was like, did she not watch the last scene? I know. And then she said, that all it was was dread. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. That, that, is, that is a kind of horror. Yeah. I, if you are sitting in your seat for 90 minutes uh-huh. dreading what, what's going to what's happen, what's going to happen, that's horror. Yeah. And, and I, th- yes, I think it's, I think, look, no, not just that one writer, but it's, it's easy to take a very limited view of what constitutes horror. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why you have horror fans that have broken these into so many different 
subgenres. Sub, you know, yeah. where you're like, well, the witch is folk horror. That's different. It's like, sure, but it is still horror. Yeah. Um, and like I saw someone, and I have no, I totally get it with, you know, every movie now, and we bish about this, is marketed as like the scariest film ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that has nothing to do with the filmmakers. No. Some marketing marketing person. person did that yeah um it's just a way to get you in yeah and and so i i do understand if you think you're going to watch that mm-hmm. uh that you could i don't you know you the movie ends up being very different than what you thought you were gonna watch but that's not the movie's fault that's right. the, to me that's the marketing team's fault yeah. and they really should stop saying that they really should like it's rare it's lazy it is lazy and it's rare that 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 any movie is gonna be the, the scariest movie ever made yeah um that's just dumb yeah uh I so agree. yeah so we got we want to watch skin rink uh i would love to talk about pale blue eye i, would, I mean i would go poe is a character Come i know on. i would also like to talk at some point about cabinet of curiosities yes um, man, it may, seems maybe, like a million years yeah, ago maybe if not if not all the episodes some of my favorite yeah episodes um which was a guillermo del toro uh produced show on netflix on netflix that is episodic it's yeah. like a different directors zone. yeah different very directors. famous directors oh it's so great and like by f- i i have loved all of them i've loved all of them some better than others but by far my favorite is the episode called the viewing uh directed by panos cosmatos Man, panos. Uh, with an eric andre is of in mandy it. fame yeah and peter weller is Dude. in it and it is i don't know what it is like i it it made me nostalgic for a thing that i have never even experienced that's the best that's the best. Like, I wasn't even high when I was watching it, and I felt like I was high. Man, Panos, dude. Like, that guy. What is going on what is in going his mind? On? I don't know. But it, it's, I really, really, really loved it. I want yeah. everyone to watch it because I feel like that's what horror, horror should be. Should be. And it's like, the end of the movie could be the beginning of another movie. That's awesome. And I fucking love that. Yeah, let's talk about that. I really does feel like a million years ago. Uh, that I watched that. Uh, so I need to go back. Um, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. It's been over a month. So we're, and, we're set up. Yeah. And, you know, maybe next time you can record the whole episode with a Parisian accent. I will do that. And I can record the whole episode with like a Madrid accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can pretend that we're in, you know, in on Europe. the continent. Yeah. Just being, con- just fucking being continental, Christy. Yeah. That's what we're about. We are so about that. <laughs> I'll have an ashtray on the table. Awesome. I'll bring a baguette. Yeah. People really do that. Yeah. They really just carry around baguettes, Christy. I know. It's not a joke. I, I believe you. It was amazing. I believe you. Um, also, we could talk about this next time. Why is everyone so attractive over there? I have no idea. But you did text me that one point where you were like, I'm sitting in a cafe and there is a French guy with his Spanish girlfriend and they are easily the most attractive people. Oh my, it was unfucking real Yeah. And, and they, you know, probably they're like America 10s and they're probably like Paris 7s. Yeah, I mean, we saw like we and we walked <laughs> out of so we walked out of that cafe and saw a cop. Yeah. A French cop. And Aspen just goes, why is that fucking model? This was a woman. She was like, why is that model working as a cop? And I looked over and I was like, what the fuck? It's like Monica Bellucci she's dressed a as co- a cop. And she's a cop. Wow. About cops, but like, damn. Yeah. All cops are bad, but they can be beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, this is, she, it's like the people where you're like, just give them a TV show. Yeah. Why doesn't that person have a show that's yeah. that hot? Anyway. 
Um, I'm glad to be back. I've missed you. It's it's been it's been way too long. It's so. been way too long. Um, anyway, uh, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We have a out. choice to to what we pick up next, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.